There's a bunch of weird tape though too. Like it's all weird. kinds of different tape on there. Yeah. I, I don't even know what I would do with half, uh, half of it. There's fried tape, boiled tape. So yeah, without any further ado, welcome to the Video Reformation Podcast. I'm Ben Oliver. I'm Justin Plant. We're the co-founders of Storyboard Media and your guides to practicing effective video for business. We're like the Professor Charles Xavier to the rest of the X-Men. Mm-hmm. Which X-Men would you be? Um, That big blue one. Oh, Beast? Beast. Yeah. Why? Just because you fancy yourself as an intellectual? Because fancy myself as an intellectual? <sighs> I don't even know all of them. Um, no, Beast is just the first one that came to my mind. He is pretty cool. I mean, Kelsey Grammer pulled it off pretty, yes, he did. pretty perfectly. He did. Um, yeah, who are the other ones? Wolverine. I couldn't claim Wolverine. That's yeah. just not, that's not even remotely. There's the guy with the, the, the eyes that shoot like oh, yeah, Cyclops of, or something. Stuff. Uh, uh, there's Jean Grey. Uh-huh. Why are they not... Um, X-Men. is X-Men outdated as in like, as in gender like a specific? gender specific or, or is it like men, women, X-Men? Is it like <laughs> X-Men, not X-Men? Oh, this. Before we jump into our topic today, which is uh, remote video creation, a mm-hmm. uh, little housekeeping first, please keep your topic suggestions coming. Uh, some of our recent episodes have been on outside suggestions and, uh, That saves us work, but also lets you hear about what you want to hear about. Uh, So keep them coming in. Unfortunately, we also have a new sponsor. It's a bittersweet thing. This week. Um, We're happy to have them apart. We're just sad that we can't maintain a sponsor from one episode to the next. Uh, We'll work on that one of these days. Um, This week's sponsor is the STDTF app 2.0. Oh, there's a 2.0 version. Yes. Ooh. Yep. Just recently released the STDTF app okay. 2.0. All right. Yep. So we'll hear the full spot from them later on in the episode. Um, but yeah, let's jump in. Um, it is currently October 20th. This episode is scheduled for release December 7th. And unfortunately, I think it's still going to be topical. Um, yeah, October 27th, we're entering the third wave of COVID, it appears. Um, maybe we're still on the first wave, I don't know. Um, but either way, uh, a lot of people are still working remotely. Mm-hmm. A lot of creative teams and collaborative teams that are used to uh sharing the same space, mm-hmm. brainstorming on whiteboards in a conference room, and, and all those kinds of things. Uh, I think a lot of people have figured out how to work together while not being in the same space but i still think and, and we actually just heard this the other day from from a client uh there are still con- some concerns about creating video in the covid space mm-hmm. and how to work remotely yeah and so like, it, like we're doing this remote yeah right i mean we've got a, an elaborate setup because of all the equipment and knowledge yeah. and everything that we yeah. possess it's, it's flawless it's like <clears throat> you mean you're you're at home and you're not even wearing clothes but it, it digitally and in you know digitize it strange energy in the room today it's it's been a uh it's been difficult for creators of all types yes and whether that you're the the person creating the content or you're the the person in charge of using that content and getting it acquiring it procuring it uh we're all kind of up a creek a little bit yeah speaking of which i have been binging schitt's creek 
lately. Mm, they had to swept the Emmys, right? Yeah, it's it it is really quite good. Okay, it is. I mean, it takes a couple seasons to get its legs. Did, didn't Eugene? Isn't his son in it, and yeah. they did it together, created yeah. it. Yeah, that's awesome, and they're very good. That would it's, be really cool, like rewarding. Yeah, as a father. Yeah, it's very cool. Um, so anyway, on this episode, we'd like to share some some tools that we found. Some of them that we use. Some of them that are just other options. Um, some, some tips, tips and tricks that that we've kind of come up with, and just ways to to keep uh, video creation going. I think I've kind of broken this uh, outline into pre-production, production, and post-production, and then kind of a, like, other considerations. Uh, as usual, I'm seeing this for the first time this morning. Um, Do you have any what, suggestions for reorganizing? Well, I just wonder, uh, it, it might just come up, but, like, uh, it might come up naturally, but, but even structuring it as, uh, like, the seven phases... Mm-hmm. Could be interesting, but I, but so much of it, so much of the concern about video is that production side of things, and that's right. pretty much that that level of right above strategy, which is pre-production, production, and post. And um, so, yeah, something that could have been addressed before we started recording. Something that, that could have been, yeah, could have been pointed out. I don't know. Yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, do you then want to talk to um, the strategic part? Uh, before I jump in on the uh, three phases of production, just barely, just barely. <laughs> this is uh, me calling your bluff. No, well, um, so, so some might call this pre-production. I think this is very much a a strategy uh, a pr- uh, focused approach. But if if being able to produce content, video content, is difficult at this time but you know you're going to be using it. You have to be efficient and you have to be smart about moving in. Like what, what do you need in three months that you might also need in a month that like, right. how, you know, is there a way that you can extend a shoot by an hour uh, to get a whole nother week's worth of content or whatever that you're looking at down the, down the road? Like what's coming up? We've got new year's, we've got, um, Easter, when's the next time we're actually going to get in the studio? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Well, how do we, how do we apply some of these, uh, these shoots that we are jumping into and, and moving forward with, how do we get the most out of it? Okay. I'll see your, your seven phases and I'll raise you the manifesto mm-hmm. because I think the attainability portion of the manifesto is, is something to consider mm-hmm. when, when strategizing, um, this entire conversation is designed to be about what are the limitations and, and what are the, the constraints mm-hmm. that that having to work remotely currently due to COVID. But I think a lot of companies have already said they're never really going back to like full time in the mm-hmm. office, even after uh, COVID is taken care of. Um, so from an attainability standpoint, what is how can we work within those constraints or leverage those constraints to to yes, if this is our roadmap and this is what we know we need over the next six months, well, if we know we can only have three shoots mm-hmm. um, because of scheduling, this is when people overlap in the same place mm-hmm. or whatever, then then yeah, how can we get the most out of each of those, mm-hmm. uh, each of those those different shoots? So I I, I see that generally uh, constraints from the from the perspective of the manifesto um, constraints are something that is pretty unique to your company or mm-hmm. your position or your role in the company. Um, 
What's an example, or what are some um, examples I mean, of those? Mostly like budget, time, and personnel are the are okay. the way I kind of bucket those. But how much money do we have to spend? How much time do we have to make this? And what resources do I have in house? Whether that's machines or people or whatever, but those kinds of assets that can help produce um, content. Mm-hmm. Um, usually, that's that's specific to the company or the person at the, at the company uh, in charge of the content, but. Everybody has this pretty much the same constraints right now. Yeah. And from a macro view, like all over the world, this is a problem. This is a tough problem. How do we produce video content? Yeah. When people are asking for more of it and more of it and more of it. Well, let's, let's actually jump down to the fourth section here, other considerations, before we kind of focus on what is essentially a live production. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, example that we're going to kind of run through for, for the rest of the episode. So uh, top of mind, like shifting from live action shoots to animated video mm-hmm. seems like a really smart idea. We've been doing a lot more animation this year for our clients yeah. than live action. We've also done several live action shoots. Mm-hmm. So it's not, it's not out of the question. It's just, it's, Again, given the remote working constraints, it's a little bit harder to to put things in place for live action shoots. It's mm-hmm. not that it can't be done, but animation is is a great way to to kind of zig mm-hmm. there, right? That's if the constraint is we can't get together on set and don't make a video that requires getting together mm-hmm. on set, which would be an animated video. And and we've got a couple episodes where we talk about animation different animation styles why you might use it you know what types of videos you might go into so uh, you know another thing to do and and i would i think we should probably call out some specific tools on this because this could go really bad really quickly is if you really if it really doesn't make sense to use animation because of your brand guidelines or or whatever it may be maybe you're continuing to make video that was in a series and so it has to have a live action feel to it. Mm-hmm. Um, you could totally go to stock video. And I feel like I need a shower every time I say stock video, but there are some really nice libraries of stock mm-hmm. footage that don't feel like the image you get when you hear the term stock video. I, I see people in a glass office shaking hands. Yes, European looking people mm-hmm. in a glass office shaking hands or like slow-mo <coughs> celebrating after a pitch or a presentation. Drone shot of New York City or something. Yeah. Um, there are some some good platforms. Um, Story and Heart has... Story and Heart... Do they still, are they still operating? I don't know. <laughs> Dissolve. Dissolve's good. Film Supply mm-hmm. is pretty good. Uh, artgrid.io is pretty good. Uh, um, that might be the one. Some of your bigger libraries like Pond5, Shutterstock, Getty, iStock, they may be more expensive, but they have such a wide variety you can actually find. I also some feel of like that. those clips aren't exclusive either. There's a lot of overlap in some of them. To me, it feels yeah, like that. I don't know if yeah, that's true or not. There is but. some. Um, so I, you know, stock footage is a way to go. I would just invest in, invest the same amount of money that you would put into a production day into that stock footage so that you can get the stuff that doesn't look generic, generic. Yeah. We've had a couple clients come to us and this is in the other considerations 
thing if you can't shoot. Um, using existing footage, either that was not used or reusing it. Yeah. It was pretty smart. I think we did an episode on that as well at some point. Yeah, I think I think we had our like video in the time of COVID episode yeah. where we started to touch on on a couple of these other considerations. Um <laughs> which was probably six months ago. Um and yet here we first are. Wave. Still, yeah. First wave. Now we're on the third wave. What did we learn? Nothing. Um Yeah, so so those are some things to certainly look at your constraints and keep video production, video creation happening, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. even if you're not doing live Mm -hmm. video production. Like I said earlier, the constraints are the same for everybody or like this big constraint is the same for everybody. So our expectations of video content has varied quite a bit. It's bent and twisted and moved over Mm -hmm. a little bit. Um, People understand that there are videos being shot with iPhones from inside a, an employee's house. Right. And that that's not a horrible thing. I, mean, I think that's where you need to be creative and come up with some interesting ways to tie that all in together. Yeah, I think we'll talk about that a little bit in, in production, where I, we're going to talk about kind of two ways to produce. So mm-hmm. you could do like the webcam iPhone, you know, and how to kind of maximize that kind of from home shooting, mm-hmm. or, or if you can get into the office when nobody else is in the office kind of thing. Um, and then we'll talk a little bit about, you know, a more typical set and what some of the new protocols mm-hmm. are for, you know, a 10, 12 person crew, you know, whatever, that kind of thing. Um, okay, so let's wrap all of that under under strategy, basically. Okay. So so if if now we've kind of got a map for the the video work that we're producing and some of that is going to be live action, now we would move to the second phase, which is pre-production. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think here we can probably speak mostly to how we've used digital platforms, uh, since we've gone remote just to better organize ourselves and, and mm-hmm. still collaborate digitally. I remember when we were first starting almost seven years ago now at this point, um, how hard it was to find platforms where we could both like be editing at the same time. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's one of the things that has just kind of incrementally happened over the last several years. And so it's as simple as like using a Google Doc and, and, and being able to have two or three people in a document at the same time um, walking through. Now, I would then, of course, pair that with some kind of phone call or video chat. Um, if you can get on a Zoom meeting or a Google. For a collaboration. You know, for a collaboration yeah. kind of thing, yeah. right? So let's say you're working on a script. You can, you know, you can share the screen mm-hmm. um, and then and then as you're going through the script as a group of two or three people, whatever it is, you can each still be in it making changes mm, and you're kind comments. of agreeing to it, leaving sure. comments, all those kinds of things. So, like, it's as simple as that. <clears throat> or you could get into some more advanced uh, platforms that that are actually specifically devised for uh, video production. Mm-hmm. Um we use on varying levels studio binder we kind of started with it early on when it was essentially a call sheets yeah. tool uh they're like version 1.0 was call sheets that you got to send an email and a text and you saw when somebody Verify. had viewed it and they would accept it yeah right? yeah well now studio binder is a full like concept to post-production 
organizing platform. Mm -hmm. And it's all integrated to, to, it's basically all centered around the script. So once you start to create your script, not only will it format it properly, but because it's automatically formatting it for you, it will call out <clears throat> who a character is. Mm -hmm. And so it will then let you write a bio about that character. Mm -hmm. It will then let you add attachments we'll to that character's page, like and and you can put auditions wardrobe or wardrobe information, or it'll track Sizes. props so that you can export out a props list. Mm -hmm. um, it'll let you take lines and scenes and um, plan your shoot days. Mm -hmm. It'll schedule out your days. It will then send those call sheets and and I mean it does everything from that script. It's not a hugely collaborative tool in the sense of being in it at the same time mm -hmm. with multiple people, but it is a fantastic tool just to keep everything organized in one place and give everybody access to all of the things that are needed through pre-production mm -hmm. to basically prepare for the shoot. Yep. Everybody can go to one place to access it. Yeah. And it's all integrated as opposed to what I think a lot of uh, veterans in the industry are just used to papers and yeah. like hard documents either on your computer but not in the cloud um so yeah this I, we, we've never taken full advantage of studio binder but um i feel like it's also it, it's it feels like it's less made for commercial shoots and very much for like you know short films and feature films it's kind of vibe i get maybe i think that may just be because it's it it works on a basically a narrative strict script mm -hmm. structure as mm -hmm. opposed to like an AV script kind yeah. of thing. Um, but I did get kind of kicked the tires on some of the other things and, and, and it does, it does require a solid script, uh, not a, a well-written script. It requires a, a very detailed script because it, it has to basically assign tags mm -hmm. to all of those mm -hmm. things. But as long as you're working from your script in there, it enables all of these other functions that it's just it, because ultimately, let's be honest, um, this is because there are these limitations of time and access to sets and crews and those th and things like that. Um, you've got to have your shoot day planned out almost perfectly. Yep. Um, now that being said, there are a lot of people who believe that you know if everything goes according to plan you've done something wrong mm -hmm. um but but you also plan 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 to uh be able to kind of deal with some of those unexpected things that inevitably come up on set mm -hmm. um and and so again studio binder is is something we have used um to do that now it's worth noting that final draft and celtics which used to be just basically screenwriting apps mm -hmm. um where you could basically get a blank page and write your script and format it properly, they have turned into um, more script management and production management platforms mm -hmm. over the last couple huh. of years also. I've not looked into that. Um, so very similar to Studio Binder. Can't speak to it on a level that we can speak to Studio Binder on because we haven't used those. Um, I know that David has used Celtics a little bit mm -hmm. over the last couple of years. Um and, you know, Movie Magic and Fade In are kind of two more that I found in some initial research. Um, so, um, again, just you know, tools that are, are set up for multiple users to collaborate on scripts, to collaborate on storyboards, collaborate on 
casting decisions mm-hmm. and getting all the props and, and whatever, and they're kind of organized for that. So, And um, even if it's just you making all those decisions, it's nice to have it all in one place where you can kind of click around and easily access things. That's true. That's true. I mean, I you know, it, I, I could strongly recommend adopting one of these platforms prior to COVID. Mm-hmm. It just it just helps keep everything organized. Yeah. Um, but you do kind of you you do have to use it from the beginning. You can't really just come in like the week before the shoot and try to backfill everything. That's how I used it. <laughs> uh, the last time I tried yeah. to to expand yeah. to all the other things, and you really have to use it from the beginning of the process. But as long as you remember to to start utilizing it at the beginning of of the you know script writing or creative process. Everything's there. Um, and all of this, you know, this whole list outside of Studio Binder comes from uh, an article about, like, the the um, alternatives to Adobe Story. Mm-hmm. That was the first thing. It's, no, it's now defunct. Oh, is it? But that was one of those first platforms that we found where we could actually collaborate mm-hmm. on, on scripts together. And they have uh, since... Um, you know... Kick the buck. Sunsetted it or whatever the... Software COVID term. related. I think it went out a couple years ago, but um, if it wasn't dead, it caught COVID and recently passed due yeah. to complications from COVID. Um, yeah. Then the other, you know, the other collaboration tools, um, Google Drive, which you mentioned, Slack has been huge for us in terms of sharing yeah. uh, style frames, storyboards, uh, even feedback occasionally on some of those things. When we went remote, I feel like Slack went from uh, a place where we kind of put things that we knew we needed to access or share mm-hmm. with clients or, or freelancers to our primary form of communication. Mm-hmm. Um, I honestly don't know what we would do without Slack. We have a call every day, but if everybody just checked in at 9 a.m. on on Slack, it'd probably, yeah. <laughs> it probably could work just the same. Yeah. Um, I hear they're going to be integrating some video features. Have you yeah, seen that? That'll be really interesting. Yeah. Some people are saying that Slack doesn't really know what they are anymore. <laughs> Just turn into an amalgamation of well, 20 these, different things. These are unprecedented times. That's a good point. Why don't we, uh, why don't we hear from our sponsor? Music. Yeah. <laughs> Music. <laughs> All right. Uh, Welcome to our new sponsor, the SCDTF app 2.0. Bars reopening, pandemic fatigue, COVID hookups. Look, it's been a long year and some of us just got to get our swerve on. The developers behind Find My Car, Drunk Text Blocker, and the original SCDTF app are proud to announce the SCDTF app 2.0. Now with COVID contact tracing. When you're DTF, just walk into your local establishment for singles, open the app, and let the augmented reality display show you what sexually transmitted diseases your potential part-time partner may have. The list goes green when you land on someone with the STDs you've already got. Herpes? Chlamydia? Gonorrhea? Syphilis? At least three hepatitises? And HIV? And now, with built-in COVID contact tracing, the SDDTF app 2.0 We'll show you whether that convenience someone is not infected, infected, asymptomatic, recently exposed, or possesses antibodies for COVID. Now you two can head back to your place and lose the masks and everything else. 
the SCDTF app 2.0, now available in the iTunes Store and Google Play. That's going to come in handy. Yeah, that's that's. That was a good move on their part to kind of update that to a COVID-related. Yeah, it's very timely. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, we we actually some might say that they even created the pandemic. Perhaps. I mean, some people say some have said Mm -hmm. yes. Um, Yeah, I mean, I you know we were initially exposed to the STDTF app. That's a pun. Um, a couple years ago, <laughs> not that. Yeah, uh, a couple years ago, um, collaboration with another agency, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, you know, I really hadn't heard much from them lately, but I think this is a good move for them. Mm-hmm. Um, it's uh, again, at, at, you know, the spot began bars reopening, pandemic fatigue, COVID mm-hmm. cookups. I mean, you know, it's been it's been long enough that you know people just got to do their thing, mm-hmm. and um, you know, third wave be damned. Mm-hmm. Fourth, fifth. Yeah. Fuck it. Whatever. No, fuck. Fuck. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, <laughs> uh, that's a big welcome to our, our new sponsor. Yes. The SDDTF app 2.0. Uh, fuck. Safely. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Is that one of those that can't be forwarded onto bosses? Or... Yeah, probably. <laughs> Shall we go into production? Let's. All right. Um, as mentioned before, I think there's two ways to kind of break out on the surface. I feel like there's two ways to kind of break out um, production during these times. One is um, how you might do a fully remote shoot. And one is if you, if you need to um, or choose to kind of use the level of, of talent and crew that, that you're used to like a a crew of six to 10 or 12. Mm -hmm. Um, some of the COVID protocols that have been developed by the industry uh, over the last couple of months. So let's talk first about kind of the, the, the fully remote, maybe semi do it yourself um, mm-hmm. kind of approach. Let's say you want to minimize the, the size of your crew. Mm-hmm. I would think that you could probably get it down to a crew of one person. We were all one man bands at some point. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I mean, I was. You were. I think what you can do is even with a even with a slightly larger crew, some of that crew can be remote. Um, so mm-hmm. you could do. Um, let's say you've got um, someone in their house, or someone uh, goes into the office, but they're the only one there that day, um, and you want it to ha- you want it to look professional. You don't want it to look like a, a Zoom meeting mm-hmm. kind of thing. So what you could do is you could actually have the production crew down to one person, bring, you know, a camera or two, some basic lighting, some basic audio, uh, and, and, and you could actually level up a little bit if you wanted to by doing like a fake Interatron. Right. So, so it may help to yeah, jump the, in there. The Interatron is is an invention of Errol Morris, the great documentary filmmaker, where he would actually it was basically like a rigged teleprompter. Um, so, but instead of as your subject looked into the camera through a teleprompter, instead of seeing words that they're supposed to be saying, what they're seeing is the face of the director, mm-hmm. the face of the interviewer. So that, and we've talked about this with with live action unscripted before mm-hmm. in that episode where there's the opportunity to 
uh, do the traditional like documentary style where your your subject is facing an interviewer mm-hmm. and talking to the interviewer off camera. But sometimes it's more effective to actually have your subject speak directly into the camera. So if this is a way that you want to go, what you can do is take an iPad teleprompter setup and then just run FaceTime yeah. through your iPad. You, right? yeah, you either Google Meet set it next to the camera if you want the traditional. Exactly. Set it, set it right over there. If you want to create an eyeline and a conversation between two people, if you want to go with the Interatron look, just take an iPad teleprompter, do FaceTime mm-hmm. or, or a Google Meet, whatever. And you can get that subject properly lit, properly set up with audio um, from your one crew member. And uh, then a remote person could even come in and, and direct that, whether that's someone on staff you know, a, a, a marketing director, a creative mm-hmm. director, whatever, whether it's someone, you know, with the, the video production company, if they're the interviewer, whoever that is. Now, they don't necessarily have to be remote remote. They could be in the next room. Right, right, right. But you're creating opportunities to minimize the number of people who are in a small enclosed space. So how might, let's say we're doing that and, um, and we've sent Holt to uh, to go shoot a CEO for, for something and uh, it has to it still has to look cinematic, but we've got one guy there, mm-hmm. um, and you're directing. Okay, but you're not on. Like how how can because you want to be able to see the picture, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so there are some tools that help directors, producers, clients, people in Video Village. Yep, who typically live in Video Village on set. Um, they can all be in their own home streaming this stuff onto their own computer or device, right? And, and that's the key is is to basically set up a live stream. Yeah, it's a it's a private live stream. Mm-hmm. It's not something you would you know advertise out and and need anybody yeah. other than the crew or or the clients to be involved. But you can see with. the camera angles, and so and so you can you can do that um, uh, again if it's if it's FaceTime or Google Meet or Zoom on on an iPad or a laptop. You know, for either of those setups we were just talking about, mm-hmm. that can certainly be you know that directors my primary view of yeah. this but if you were to take some basic live streaming equipment mm-hmm. like black magic's got the atem and the atem mini just these live switchers basically mm-hmm. you can actually just run that through the same computer and allow the director to see what's actually on camera on every camera on every camera yeah so you could switch between so they can not only see like off the webcam of that laptop or ipad to you know, create an eyeline, but they could also then see what the actual and this comes in in handy. I think we talked about this recently for post production. Also, um, you can use the same thing and mm-hmm. and and set up one camera to with the editor and share the screen mm-hmm. um, of the computer. Those are your two sources. Those are your two sources, so that the person who is remote can see the timeline on their screen. So you can see what's actually coming out of each camera. Mm-hmm. You can see another view through a webcam uh, or anything like that. And <clears throat> we've used that. We use that even when we were setting up a special lighting um, yeah. uh, system in here. I was out of town. Um, you guys had our live stream guy in here um, setting up the studio. And I was able basically just to sit like right here. You were the camera on my laptop. And I could switch between the camera and just kind of watching so that I could see, you know, how the lighting was was Mm -hmm. working. I didn't have to be there, but like it totally worked Mm -hmm. for for me to do that. So as opposed to just taking a picture 
and texting that to you, you could actually see. And then when when he changed to do, uh, what are those different settings for like the the false like, color, false color, yeah. and that kind of thing? Yeah. Um, which is really helpful because you, you can just get the view of the camera and you can point out certain hotspots and say, I'm concerned about this. Well, and that's what's nice about, <clears throat> about with our specific setup is using the Blackmagic cameras with that ATEM Mini setup, mm-hmm. which is another Blackmagic product, is you can go through and see scopes and false color mm-hmm. and um, you know focus uh, peaking and all those kinds of things, which is really nice. My favorite. What's your favorite scope? Um, I always get excited when... Someone mentions RBG Parade. Yeah. RGB Parade? Yeah. yeah. So it is RBG RB. is Ruth Bader Ginsburg. R- RGB I, is red, green, blue. That's what I said, RGB? I think you said RBG. Some people say it that way. <laughs> GBR. Yeah. Great Britain. It's the parade, though, that gets me excited. The parade? You like the parade? Yeah. The parade is kind of a fun word. Yeah. <clears throat> um... Where we're, yes, so those the live stream things are nice, and uh, you know another thing you can do, um, or another thing you could use, if you were again more limited, uh, Riverside.fm is primarily a podcast platform, but what it does is it allows you to capture remotely high quality audio in real time. Mm-hmm. So if, through what if through the internet. But but capture audio through your the, whatever mic you have. On yeah. Hand. So so if you set up a mic and, and connected it to a laptop, mm-hmm. um, it will actually create a high quality, non compressed, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. uncompressed, unbuffered, you know, high quality wave file um, of the audio, so that you know if you don't for whatever reason have on site recording, uh, you could use that or you could use it as a backup. Um, just another, uh, another kind of, you know, live streaming, mm-hmm. uh, type tool. Yep. Um, another thing I, you know, and if, I think if you're, if you're sending like a one man band in to kind of set up lighting, audio and camera, another thing that they could do is, especially if it's, you know, kind of this one person speaking to camera with a background behind them. Um, is do just a little bit of set design uh, in the background. And there, whether you're in someone's house or in an office or conference room, whatever, there's plenty of stuff that you can quickly pull just mm-hmm. to jazz up the back a Make little bit. Shadows, like it doesn't have to be this depth. elaborate where it's yeah. a custom neon sign. <laughs> but create a little bit of depth, maybe throw a little kicker light on it. Um, uh, you know, put up, put up succulent in the background or something. I mean, there's all kinds of things that you can just find around just to kind of jazz up the back a little bit, um, which will, again, with the right lighting and the right audio, it'll kind of bump up that production mm-hmm. quality. Um, I, I think you could think about it as like, you know, a Zoom call where somebody's put the effort into what they're wearing and and and, and what's behind them and just professionally capturing it with cinema cameras and lighting mm-hmm. and audio. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> then of course there are the um full shoot covid protocols yeah which which vary but over the last few months have kind of you know worked themselves out i've heard um i've heard things as stream as le- as extreme as like certain um traffic flows on yeah. larger sets yeah 
where only in certain places, you, you, in certain places on site, you can only go a certain direction. So that basically people aren't walking by each other. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody's kind of moving around the set in uh, a pattern. It's really annoying. It is. Um, of course, everybody's wearing masks. Yeah. Uh, when possible, um, testing ahead of time, quarantining ahead of time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the bubble thing. Uh, fi- but but if even, it's going to be a long set, if it's going to be yeah, if it's going to be a multi day, you know, a multi day shoot, a uh, big crew. If you can get people to um, uh, to quarantine, self quarantine, um, tests beforehand would be nice, but not always possible. Um, check in with everybody who was on set five to ten days after mm-hmm. and see if anybody's yeah. either gotten a positive test or showing any symptoms. That may be something just retroactively that you can do. Um, lots of masks, lots of hand sanitizer, and like uh, our. Uh, one shoot that we had a couple weeks ago, um, if they if you weren't needed on set, you were outside. Mm-hmm. And like our gaffer, grip, um, like the only people that were really in there was client, director, makeup, yep. and set. And we did do and we did do some more remote video villages also. Mm-hmm. We did one shoot where we had them actually upstairs in a closed door room separate from mm-hmm. set itself. Um, we did one where we had them on the same floor cause it was a one floor, uh, a single story house, but we had them off into the back and there was a door that could be closed there. Um, not to exclude the client necessarily, but just to keep, yeah, that's the idea. You know, it, it works that way. It's, it's an added bonus. Um, we're following one COVID guideline. You, <laughs> you <over there. laughs> outside in the garage, double masked, um, what other COVID? Oh, you know, food crafty yeah. is another thing. Instead of you know a bowl of trail mix or whatever, try to get nuts. the individual. Yeah, a just, bowl of just nuts, the nuts. Obviously. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, single serving packages. Yeah, like that. we talked about uh, set adaptations. You know, minimizing set. We've talked about having full on productions, but uh, minimizing risk. Our expectations have diminished greatly, and it doesn't mean that. Videos have to suck. I think that the creative is going to be more important now than ever. But you can also, you can take, you know, selfie style video and jazz that up with some, you know, some good music, some good editing, some motion graphics on top of it, or put it into some sort of uh, template um, and and develop those a little bit more so that there is a polished look to it. Um, And there are other, there are other things like, um, uh, cameo, and I know you've heard of that. You can get Brett Favre to sing "Happy Birthday," or tell me you want for your birthday. I would love that. <laughs> um, but it, it, in that selfie style world that we're in, if you could almost brand like so, the what made me think of this most recently was Vidyard hired David Hasselhoff to promote their event and it was really well done it was funny they got a lot of use out of it i'm sure that costs less than most of the shoots they've done professionally yeah it was probably a grand to have david hasselhoff out of his pool with his shirt off talk about your event like that gets a lot of exposure yeah and specifically cameo has a cameo professional level which from my research doesn't cost anymore 
but there are artists who basically allow themselves to be cameo professional or not. So, and it's kind of hard to find, but once you find the cameo professional like list of talent, all the pricing seems to be the same. I just imagine that it's just a, a you know, a green light to go ahead and use it for commercial use. Okay. But yeah, I mean, we've got some ideas for some cameo stuff for us. Another idea that that um, is kind of along the same lines is uh, some of these video memes. Um, some of them are based on like there's the there's the Hitler one that's like a it's like a British World War II movie, and it's just become this meme because somebody went in and like changed all the subtitles, mm-hmm. and it's and it's the actor completely overacting Hitler, and and mm-hmm. I mean it's it's a nice looking movie, like it's a very professional movie. But somebody several years ago went in and it, it went viral because they changed all the subtitles. And so there's now uh, a couple meme generator sites where you can go in and type in your own subtitles. Mm-hmm. So there's the two babies, the twin babies talking to mm-hmm. each other in their own language. There's the um, Spanish language talk show. Spanish language talk show where hilarious. the guy's just laughing constantly. Yeah. Um, there's the like North Korean um, Supreme Leader uh, news uh, show. Where you can go in and basically, you know, put whatever messaging you want in the subtitles. Mm-hmm. And again, that's just kind of a fun creative way to, to right. keep yeah. making video content mm-hmm. that isn't all about, you know, making what you're used to making. Mm-hmm. Let's kick it over to uh, post-production. Post-production, yeah. Um, I think, the, other, I, I think the, the biggest tool that we use in post-production is Frame.io. And editing software. Um, it's a joke. Yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> shut up, Justin. Um, uh, so the biggest remote collaboration tool that we use in post production is Frame.io. Yep. Um, and I mean, there are other platforms that are like it. I know there's a level of Vimeo that has the, a lot of the same functionality. Yeah. But essentially what, what makes it work for us, and we, we use it on pretty much everything internally, internal reviews, internal content, and then depending on the client, we'll, we'll choose the right opportunities to bring a client into it. Sometimes you want the client to have more input than others. Um, but what Frame.io does, it allows you to upload a video file and basically put any kind of written or drawn note on any specific frame Mm -hmm. that you want you know frame by frame which is pretty pretty awesome which is because sometimes um you know if an editor's rushing through a first cut they get you know that that blank frame between Mm -hmm. two clips and so you can actually land on the black the black frame and say you know cut out this Mm -hmm. black frame um you can uh you can draw you know arrows you can circle and highlight things you can basically annotate however you want and then what some editors like to to do is actually then export that it gives you an xml file based on time code of all of those notes so you can lay that in on the timeline and it'll actually set markers for each of those notes in the timeline which is pretty cool that is cool um now is it as efficient as being able to you know walk four desks over and lean over your editor's shoulder and and no but, but that's a constraint where we, we can't do that right sure. now. And but, so this is kind of, well, and also that, that example about live streaming, exactly. which is the closest opportunity we have. You could put a camera right over your editor's shoulder 
yep. and be sitting in there with a live session with your editor as best you can, you know, whether you're switching screens or and, sources. And you could probably, I mean, it, it you're not, it, it's going to be compressed, but you could probably even go into Zoom or Google Meet and, and you could probably do a regular screen share meeting. But I got to tell you with, with, a um, a cinema camera and you know an HDMI from from the monitor. Uh, you're missing out on no detail, and and it's like you're editing on your own monitor. Mm-hmm. Um, so it is kind of nice to. In fact, it's so much like it that you almost end up moving your mouse to like move a clip in the timeline, even though mm-hmm. you don't have control over. They don't currently allow to users to be logged into the same project file at the same time. Do they? In Adobe, let's just say Adobe. In Adobe. Adobe, so Adobe has Teams, which um, which works throughout the Creative Cloud, and it basically allows shared access and shared project files. I do not know the answer to whether two people are able to be in it at the same time. I don't think so. Um, again, I think between between Frame.io or or something like it, uh, Adobe Teams and like Slack, I, you should be able to have an entire post production team, remote mm-hmm. director, writer, editor, colorist mm-hmm. should essentially all be able to be remote, and you know you can collaborate uh, and version online. Yeah, I, I, everyone's going to need to have a mirror image of the hard drive of all the assets. Yeah. If you want to just trade project files back and forth. Yeah. And if any new assets are created, then that would have to be shared. I bet there's going to be a cloud solution for something like that pretty soon. Yeah. I mean, there is, with teams, there is some of that, but of course there's only so many, I mean, there's only so much bandwidth. And when you're talking about cinema cameras, you're talking about very large files. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, one of the things that we've done internally too is, is, you know, I'd get a drive from Holt, and uh, it's got basically all of the core footage on it and a project file. And then as I work on it, if I pass it off, I basically just slack him the XML file, uh, the project file. He'll open it up and it'll tell him what he's missing. So that's mm-hmm. just anything. And so it's really not footage at that point. It's like a logo file yep. or um, uh, an audio bed yeah. or a sound effect or something. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then basically he'll, he can just take a screenshot of that. I can see which files are missing and even mm-hmm. which directory they're supposed to be in, which is actually where they are on my computer. Right. I go in and find them. I throw them in Slack. He links it, and and it's done. So, mm-hmm. I mean, that's not even bad. That's kind of the poor man's way to do yeah. it. But that's that's still a whole lot better than having to you know move a drive back and forth yeah. every time there's an iteration of it. All right, um, Mr. Seven Phases, how might uh, distribution and promotion uh, be effectively managed remotely? And, and analysis. Analysis generally is a... It's a, not an it's in the same digital place. Act. Uh, yeah, it's, a, it's, it's something it, somebody can do in emails. Yeah, none of those really require physical locations or proximity. So basically, just keep doing distribution, promotion, analysis the way you've been I doing it, so. and it's remote. And now we've covered all seven phases. Then I think uh, it's worth recapping real quickly that uh, we've gone through all seven phases of practicing effective video for business mm-hmm. and how to effectively manage them remotely 
in these uncertain times in which we live. Mm -hmm. um, some of the key tools that you might want to go check out, uh, Studio Binder, um, Frame.io, uh, Adobe Teams for Creative Cloud. Um, yeah. Okay. Um, should we hear from our sponsor one more time real quickly? I think we're obligated to. I think we are. <clears throat> the SDDTF app 2.0. Bars reopening, pandemic fatigue, COVID hookups. Look, it's been a long year and some of us just got to get our swerve on. The developers behind Find My Car, Drunk Text Blocker, and the original SDDTF app are proud to announce the SDDTF app 2.0, now with COVID contact tracing. When you're DTF, just walk into your local establishment for singles, open the app, and let the augmented reality display show you what sexually transmitted diseases your potential part-time partner may have. The list goes green when you land on someone with the STDs you've already got. Herpes, chlamydia, gonorrhea, syphilis, at least three hepatitises, and HIV. And now, with built-in COVID contact tracing, the SCDTF app 2.0 will show you whether that convenient someone is not infected, infected, asymptomatic, recently exposed, or possesses antibodies for COVID. So you two can head back to your place and lose the masks and everything else. The SCDTF app 2.0 now available on the iTunes Store and Google Play. Uh, is that list that you rattled off of the different STDs? Is that the ones that <clears throat> STDTF 2.0 accounts for, or is that like a, what you see when you bring your phone up? Um, yeah, I have herpes, chlamydia, gonorrhea, syphilis, at least three hepatitises, HIV, and COVID antibodies. <laughs> um, no. Oh, it's amazing you're still alive. <laughs> Uh, but does it do more than just those, or is there more STDs? I don't know. Uh, you know, this is just the list they provided. Probably something for details. I'm there. sure there are Online. some some additional uh, STDs or STIs that uh, that aren't on that list that it STIs. does. Right? Yeah. That's the, I mean, you know, VD, venereal disease. Okay. That's what it used to be called. Okay. Then STDs, sexually transmitted diseases. Now it's STIs, sexually transmitted infections. Mm -hmm. right, should we Google a complete list of STDs? Maybe not on our listeners time. Thank you for listening and watching the Video Reformation podcast. Uh, did you enjoy it? I enjoyed it Good. immensely. Me too. Uh, we hope you do too. And join us next time when we talk about, uh, let's see, fill your funnel. Why, what, and how videos. Uh, that sounds actionable. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. All right. Cool. So let's get back to this complete list of STDs. I am interested.